Hello and welcome to The Poetry of Science, a podcast which provides insight into new scientific research via the medium of poetry. I'm your host, Dr. Sam Illingworth, and each week I'll be introducing you to some of the latest scientific findings and sharing a selection of science-themed poetry. If you enjoy this podcast, then please consider giving it a rating and leaving some feedback in your podcast directory of choice. And if you really enjoy it, then why not share it with a friend? After all, we could all do with a little bit more poetry in our lives. In this episode, I'll be exploring new research, which has found that narwhale tusks reveal mercury exposure related to climate change in the Arctic. Jutting from the salted froth, your solitary canine flashes in the midnight sun, revealing wrinkled rivulets that labour under our insignia, ivory forget-me-nots of all that we have done, a snaggletooth spiralling perpetually to the past, piercing broken seas with collective memories of every tainted taste, of every missing meal, of every single slight that we have visited on your presence and in our name. This poem is inspired by research published in Current Biology, which has found that the layers of a narwhale's tusk tell the history of its life in a rapidly changing Arctic environment. Narwhales are mid-sized whales living in the cold waters of the Arctic Circle near northern Canada and Greenland. They grow between four and six metres in length, with male narwhales possessing a giant spiral tooth that projects from their heads and which can reach up to three metres in length. These tusks grow continually to replace wear, and just like rings in a tree trunk, every year a new growth layer is added to the narwhale's tusk. Because the tusk is connected to the rest of the body through blood, each new layer records aspects of the animal's physiology, including information on what and where the animals have eaten each year, and exposure to contaminants from human activity. Heavy metals like mercury and other contaminants accumulate at each link in the food chain. The higher in the food chain a particular species is, the more mercury is accumulated in the body throughout its lifetime. Being near the top of the food chain, the narwhale is thus particularly vulnerable to mercury accumulation. In this new study, researchers were able to use the natural growth layers in the tusk of male narwhales to document yearly changes in diet dating back to the 1960s, finding that changes in diet and mercury exposure correlate with the loss of sea ice in the Arctic. For example, in the 1990s, the narwhales were found to have accumulated smaller quantities of mercury due to changes in the populations of subarctic and arctic fish, brought about by rapidly declining sea levels in that time period. This meant that the narwhales were forced to change their diet from species of fish such as halibut and arctic cod, to capeling and polar cod, which are further down in the food chain and are thus lower accumulators of mercury. However, since the turn of the century, the amount of mercury in narwhale tusks has increased significantly, surpassing the historical accumulation rate and potentially pointing to a significant increase in human pollution in the Arctic, from activities like mining, coal power production, cement production and waste incineration. These findings show that each layer of the narwhale tusk offers valuable information on the animal's living conditions and a window into developments in the Arctic region. Researchers are now hoping to use older narwhale tusks from the archives of museums to figure out how these mammals have been coping with mercury and climate change over even longer spans of time. Now that you've heard the science, let me read the poem to you again. Jutting from the salted froth, your solitary canine flashes in the midnight sun, revealing wrinkled rivulets that label under our insignia, ivory forget-me-nots of all that we have done. A snaggletooth spiralling perpetually to the past, 
piercing broken seas with collective memories of every tainted taste, of every missing meal, of every single slight that we have visited on your presence and in our name. In this section of the podcast, I'd like to share a poem written by another poet on a topic related to the science that has been discussed so far. In this episode, I'll be reading Invitation by Amy Nesukumitatil. Amy Nesukumitatil is an American poet who was born in Chicago to a Filipina mother and South Indian father. She earned a BA and MFA from Ohio State University and was a Dianet Middlebrook Poetry Fellow at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Her poetry collections include Miracle Fruit, published in 2003, at the Driving Volcano, published in 2007, and Oceanic, published in 2018. Her honours and awards include a Pushcart Prize, a Fellowship from the National Endowment for the Arts, the Angoff Award, the Boatwright Prize, the Richard Hugo Prize, and a Guggenheim Fellowship. She was the 2016-17 Grisham Writer-in-Residence at the University of Mississippi, where she is currently Professor of English in the MFA programme. Invitation by Amy Nesukumitatil Come in, come in, the water's fine, you can't get lost here. Even if you want to hide behind a clutch of spiny oysters, I'll find you. If you ever leave me at night by boat, you'll see the arrangement of red-gold sunstars in a sea of milk. And though it's tempting to visit them, stay. I've been trained to gaze up all my life, no matter the rumble on earth, but I learned it's okay to glance down into the sea. So many lessons bubble up if you know where to look. Clouds of plankton churning in open whale mouths might send you east, and chewy urchins will slide you west. Squid know how to be rich when you have ten empty arms. Can you believe there are humans who don't value the feel of a good bite and embrace at least once a day? Underneath you now whales spin upside down while their singular tooth needles you like a compass pointed towards home. If you dive deep enough, where imperial volutes and hatchetfish swim, you will find all the colours humans have not yet named, and wide caves of black coral and clamshell. A giant squid finally let itself be captured in a photograph, and the paper nautilus ripple flashes scarlet and two kinds of violet when it silvers near you. Who knows what will happen next, and if you still want to look up, I hope you see the dark sky is oceanic, boundless, limitless like all the shades of blue in a glacier. Listen how this planet spins with so much fin, wing and fur. Thank you for listening to The Poetry of Science. If you want to find out more about the scientific study featured in this episode, or read any of the poems in full, then please visit the show notes at scipoetry.podbean.com. That's scipoetry.podbean.com, where you can also find out how to get in touch with any questions or comments you might have. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.